This is the Tour de Course, a series for Explore, the beautiful game on two wheels, supported by the cycling podcast title sponsors, Super Sapiens. The Scottish FA Cup fourth round, Brecon City nil, Dundee United one. Clyde Bank against Burnian as a late kickoff. Dundee one, Meadowbank Thistle one. Alloa Athletic, Airdrionians, Heart of Midlothian, Hamilton Academical, Queen's Park, Queen of the South. These are names I associate with the Saturday tea times of my childhood when I'd sit down to watch the football results on BBC's Grandstand programme and the mention of Stenhouse Muir and Stirling Albion would conjure up images of, well, images of what exactly? I really didn't know. Scottish League Division 1, Clyde 1, Edrionians 0, the Button 2, Montrose 1. They sounded exotic, faraway places, with a touch of romance and mystery that the more familiar English clubs seemed to lack. Scottish League Division 2, Air United 2, Alloa 0. I'm Lionel Burney, and I grew up two doors down from Simon Gill. It's a cocktail evening tonight. As children, our two obsessions were football and then a little later cycling. We played and watched football together, and we'd head into the Hertfordshire lanes on our bikes, pretending we were riding the Tour de France. When the pandemic put life on pause, we talked about what we'd like to do when we could travel again. I said I wanted to do a multi-day bike ride of some sort. Simon said he wanted to visit and photograph every Scottish football league ground. We looked at a map and realised we could combine the two ideas. The Tour de Cosse was born, the beautiful game on two wheels. There are so many questions to be answered over the course of this series. Will we make it as far as Forfar without falling out? Why are Cowden Beath called the Blue Brazil? What actually is Iron Brew? And do my ancestors really hail from Burnie? Queen's Park nil, Albion Rovers nil. Spelling Albion 1, East Ellington nil. This is stage one of the Tour de Cosse. The beautiful game on two wheels, and it goes from Gretna to Castle Douglas, a distance of 75.3 kilometres. On the way, I'll be ticking off the first two football grounds, stopping at Gala Bank, the home of Annan Athletic, and Palmerston Park in Dumfries, which is where Queen of the South play. There are three categorised climbs on the route today, all of them coming after Dumfries in the final hour or so of riding. I'm setting off solo because Simon has some mechanical problems. While changing an inner tube this morning, he realised there was a serious issue with his cassette and free hub and he needs proper competent help. So he's off to find a bike shop while I get on the road. Here we are, Simon, back in Gretna, outside Raydale Park in Gretna, just over the border. The first town in Scotland as you come up from the northwest of England. And, well, we've been here before, haven't we? Ten months ago it was we were here. All feels very familiar, doesn't it? Except this time, we've got a little sneaky entrance into the football ground, which has proved to be quite amusing, hasn't it? It has, yeah. We've um, we've already kicked off the Tour de Cosse with a ceremonial penalty shootout. One penalty each. We, we both scored, didn't we, Simon? Um, I probably should have stopped your penalty. You went for the chip. What's, and it, what's it called? It's called a... The Penenka. It was a bit of a high Penenka and I should have just caught it, but I got so excited at the thought of stopping your penalty that I let it go through my hands. But <laughs> Much to my delight, I have to say, because I thought I was off to a bad start, which I actually am off to a fairly bad start. Indeed. Well, I say we've been here before because, of course, 10 months ago we came all the way up to Gretna intending to start the Tour de Cosse and uh, well not to put too fine a point on it I was in a terrible state I don't think either of us were in a very good frame of mind at the time and we'll probably talk about that a little bit as the week goes on this time round but we came and looked at the football ground didn't we the day before we were due to start the ride and I can remember feeling really just completely overwhelmed and anxious about uh, the journey ahead and my own troubles that were well becoming impossible to avoid and unfortunately as the listeners will probably know when I got up in the morning I after a really terrible night's sleep I decided not to uh, go ahead with the trip I wouldn't have made it I don't think at the time and well we are back here on Friday April the 1st at the end of what has been a, a devastating week for us personally and for the cycling podcast and for anyone who knew Richard Moore, our very good friend, 
our leader, our sports director, our team leader, our super domestique, our road captain. We lost all of those things in one person when Richard passed away on Monday. I mean, complete shock does not even begin to uh, describe the feeling of hearing the news on Monday just uh, an hour or so before Richard, Daniel and myself were due to record the cycling podcast for the week. It's been a week of uh, a lot of tears and very little sleep and I had this trip planned. We'd booked everything to do the Tour de Cross in two halves or two uneven halves, hadn't we Simon? The first nine day part scheduled to start on the 1st of April and uh, we were going to resume with the second half of the tour later on in the summer, perhaps after the Tour de France, uh, just trying to be a bit more realistic about what we could squeeze into our various work and family life schedules. And I suppose I would say that I've been in two minds about whether to try and start the trip today, this week, uh, and that wouldn't actually be true because I think once the initial shock and the intense hurt um, sort of settled in, I felt that I had to give the trip a go. Um, because that day last year in June, when I couldn't go ahead with the trip, I rang Richard and our agent, David Luxton, and I broke down in tears and explained that I couldn't go on with it. And Richard was incredibly kind and understanding and supportive and told me to um, make a public statement because people were asking about whether they could come and join us on the road or meet up with us on the road. And he said, just just make a statement and then switch your phone off and then take your time to recover. And it took me some time to recover. And all through the second half of last year, Richard did so much to help me uh, claw myself out of the hole that I was in and uh, piece together um, my life again, really. And he did that calmly and patiently over a number of months starting by encouraging me to do a few days at the Tour de France which I did and I enjoyed immensely and uh, I owe Richard so much not just for that but particularly for that and standing here outside um, Gretna Football Club where I had my lowest moment really um, my debt to Richard for his friendship and his support is absolutely immense and over the course of the week, I've spoken to friends, colleagues, um, Daniel Freeb, David Luxton, Orla Shenoui and others. And they all thought that trying to do the ride, um, just the therapeutic aspect of getting on the road and riding through Richard's home country would help me personally, which I'm sure it will. I really hope it will. Um, but then f the final... Um, the final encouragement, if I needed any, came from Richard's wife, Virginie, because I was a little bit nervous that she might think it was not the right thing to do. But she said, no, you must go. Godspeed. And she's wished us all the best. So here we are in Gretna and I'm trying to channel the buffalo a little bit and surf over the setbacks. And we have had a setback already, Simon, because you've had a mechanical issue with your bike, um, which means that it's not rideable today. But rather than get really you know, cross and upset about that, we're going to calmly um, sort you out. You can get yourself to a bike shop in Dumfries, hopefully, and get the bike fixed. But I'm going to ride on and do the first stage, which is from Gretna via Annan Athletic and Queen of the South in Dumfries down to Castle Douglas, where we'll stop overnight. 76 kilometres, about 500 metres of climbing on the way. The weather is absolutely beautiful. I mean, we've had snow down in the south of England yesterday. Uh, today it's cold, but it's bright. There's white fluffy clouds in the sky. The the birds are squawking somewhat. They're obviously happy. Um, the air is still. And in contrast to how I felt here in June last year, while I'm absolutely devastated and very upset and struggling at times to hold it together um, there's a kind of rational reason for that upset I'm upset about one specific thing and that is losing a very very good friend and colleague and we'll 
hopefully catch up with a few people who knew Richard on the way over the next few days. And uh, this will be my tribute to him. So I think it's time to get the Queen of the South stage underway. Do you like that, Simon? We call the best stage of any race the Queen stage. We'll be visiting Queen of the South Football Club on the way. And, um, you know, life's funny, isn't it? I know I can't wait to ride by your side, Simon, but in a funny way, maybe what I need is just 20 or 30 miles on my own this afternoon just to get the air circulating through my lungs and make me feel um, in touch with something again other than just, as I say, the intense pain. So I think I feel it's important to just get on the road and get the kilometres ticked off one by one, take it hour by hour. We're obviously operating Challenge Mallorca rules, aren't we? You know, we can dip in and out, um, take one stage out if we have to. We're under, I don't feel any commitment or obligation or pressure other than a a sense of wanting to to do my best and and go and discover Richard's home country which I know he has travelled the length and breadth of covering sport when he was a newspaper reporter so a lot of the football grounds we're going to visit he will have been at and worked in their press boxes over the years and so that's another little connection to Richard and I think he always thought I didn't appreciate Scotland and I want to prove him wrong and and, and I want to go and see that it's a beautiful country uh, with uh, some wonderful people and hopefully over the next few days that's exactly what we'll experience but before the sun goes behind the cloud I'm going to get rolling Simon so I will see you at an Athletic. See you there with a fixed bike hopefully. The Tour de Course is sponsored by Super Sapiens. The system of continuous glucose monitoring is helping keep Lionel in his performance zone as he tackles the beautiful game on two wheels. Use Super Sapiens to unlock your potential and fine-tune your fueling strategy for better results. Find out more at supersapiens.com. You're starting right where Scotland begins um, and going through some great places, so that's quite an itinerary. It's gorgeous. I'm kind of jealous. Before we set off, I spoke to Paula Ward and Janice McGregor, who both worked for Visit Scotland. Paula's area is the south of Scotland, stretching all the way from Gretna and across Dumfries and Galloway to the coast at Stranraer. From my point of view, it's not an area of Scotland, your part of Scotland, not an area of Scotland that, that to be honest, I really know very much about. So I'm really looking forward to discovering it. I suppose Gretna um, is well known because of, of its history of, of English couples um, eloping to get married. But um, what, first of all, what can you tell me about the sort of the, the legacy of that in, in Gretna? It's, it leaves a lasting legacy. I mean, it's, it's still renowned for being the wedding capital of the UK. Um, people come and they're surrounded by incredible countryside, but also just heritage. You know, the number of different people that have have come to Gretna over the years. So the Love Story project that the Gretna Green group had put together last year um, really dived back into the archives to understand, you know, there was rogues, there was ragamuffins, there was very well-to-do families that weren't allowed to get married. You know, there was so many people that just, you know, kicked off the shackles of their family expectations and just, you know, did a bunk to, to Gretna, <laughs> came away and got married and then lived happily ever after, so... What do you know about the south of Scotland and cycling heritage here? So are you aware that well, like cycling was literally invented in the south of Scotland and Dumfries and Galloway? You're going to have to tell me. I mean, I've, I'm my, uh, my my knowledge of, of cycling in Scotland is, uh, well, I cover um, professional racing. So mm-hmm. obviously all of the all of the professional and sort of high level amateur racing uh, over the years, a real rich heritage of that. We'll be telling some of those stories, of course, but no, tell me more. That sounds fascinating. So um, the pedal bike or so legend has it um, was actually invented in Dumfries and Galloway by Kirkpatrick McMillan. Um, So, and it was kind of no wonder that he invented the bicycle here because the landmass of the South of Scotland is significant you know in Dumfries and Galloway alone you're kind of four and a half thousand square kilometers of landmass. so in order to get around in order to be effective and efficient the solution of creating a bicycle you now thinking about it you think well absolutely 
he would have created, you know, something that would have raised the, the efficiency of it. So, I mean, the region is known for cycling. Um, it has everything from road cycling through to gravel, new championship, Raiders gravel, that's just been confirmed as taking place in the region in October, road cycling, but it's kind of built into the fabric of um, the destination, both in the Scottish borders and also in Dumfries and Galloway because of this heritage and this connection to the creation of the bicycle. So, you know, from the minute you can ride a bike, most people in the region do. We're so lucky at the quality of the range of cycling that you can do across all of the different disciplines. So it's a great region. It's not as hilly as the Highlands, (laughs) so you don't get... It's not as brutal as the Highlands (laughs) on the old calves. So there we go. <laughs> there we go. Now we're recording. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I'm going to start. I'm going to start my recording now. Mm-hmm. This is Janice McGregor, a friend of the Cycling Podcast. I have been for years, and actually, I've gone to a couple of your events that you've done wow. here in Edinburgh. So yeah, <laughs> I'm a true fan. <laughs> Are there any of the any unexpected gems that we should be looking out for on the way? I mean, I've been doing my research day by day it feels like there's just you know if we were if we're not careful we could be stopping you know and and extending our day to sort of 18 or 20 hours just to uh, try and visit the things that are on the route but what could be some of the unexpected gems on our journey well there's a, I'm obviously there's a huge variety across the country so there's things like in Edinburgh and the city centre you can um, visit the real Mary King's Close which is basically um, underground streets where people lived during the 17th and, and 19, between the 17th and 19th centuries. Um, and you can get a tour around there and hear about the characters that used to live there. Um, we've got Deanston Distillery in Stirling, which was transformed from a cotton mill in the 1960s and, and has been distilling whiskey ever since. You have uh, Ashton Lane in Glasgow, which is a brilliant little vibrant street in the heart of the city centre where there's great places to eat and drink. Uh, we've got um, our broth smokies that you can try as you travel up the coast on the east side of the country, um, which is basically haddock smoked over hardwood. It's using a sort of specific process that's got protected status, so worth trying the local delicacy when you're there. Um, and then Slane's Castle, which is on the northeast of the country near Peterhead, which was allegedly the inspiration for Dracula. Um, it's an absolutely stunning location and backdrop. You get some beautiful kind of white sandy beaches on the east coast of the country. So that's worth a stop if you have some time on your journey. Excellent. Excellent. And lastly, if you listen to the podcast, you'll know that uh, thoughts of lunch are never too far from my mind. Um, it looks to me like there's there's uh, there's much more to Scotland's cuisine than you know haggis which I absolutely love by the way and and I particularly like the fact that uh, in Scotland you know you can have it in several different ways it can be uh, it can be for breakfast it can be uh, you know the the main uh, feature of a meal and it can be deep fried as well which I mean I'm I'm looking forward to to sampling all of that but um, any other highlights? You mentioned the Arbroath Smokies, and, and that's definitely on the list. But anything else I should be looking out yeah, for? Yeah, so I would say things, obviously, seafood in general. Uh, we've got fantastic um, seafood um, options across the country. You can try it from everything from a kind of lobster shack to a Michelin star restaurant. Um, and fish and chips, which obviously are a, a kind of UK-wide delicacy, but there's nothing better than sitting um, you know, by the sea in Scotland and enjoying something like that. Um, the other thing that I would say is, is a good one is ice cream. We've got a fantastic legacy of Italian families who moved to Scotland um, and set up ice cream shops around the country, um, one of which is Nardini's and Largs, which I think yeah, you said about potentially trying. Um, Lucas is another one in the east coast of Edinburgh. And then, um, yeah, Cremo Galloway in the heart of Galloway um, in the south of Scotland is another one that you should try. So um, you won't go hungry, I can assure you of that. I've exited the neutralised zone, I've covered 14 kilometres on the National Cycle Circuit, or National Cycle Route rather. Um, I'm quite pleasantly surprised just how much of our route will take place on the National Cycle Route, which I found on the Sustrans website. 
Um, lots of segregated cycle lanes, lots of stretches where we won't be on the road. Um, trying to keep off all big roads, obviously, just because it will make it a far more pleasurable experience. But even as we crisscross Glasgow in a few days, I think we will be on old railway lines and uh, canal paths and that kind of thing. So I'm really looking forward to the ride. And if the weather holds up like this for a few days, it will really, uh, well, it's, it's smiling on us at the moment. The sun is shining. The air is crisp and cold, but it's just a really pleasant early spring day. And so far I've been on the cycle route number seven, I think it is, from Gretna to Annan. And it's sort of semi-rural, really. The daffodils are out. Um, really is a beautiful day. And Annan Athletic, the first club on our route, can't really see much of the ground. It, it's a sort of modern and, and quite small-scale ground, but any team that plays in gold and black has got my blessing um, Watford are kind of yellow and black or gold and black so yeah I already feel an affinity with Annan Athletic and uh, their ground Gala Bank and uh, well it feels like we've started our journey Simon has gone off in search of neutral service he needs a bike shop he needs to get his free hub fixed on his uh, rear wheel and uh, I'm confident that he'll be able to do that and that tomorrow he'll be able to join me in the saddle. Um, but I have to say, it it's already feels like my head is clearing a little bit as uh, the fresh air is helping, the sunshine's helping, and just cycling is helping. And so, next stop, Dumfries and Queen of the South. Scottish League Division 1, Clyde 1, Erionians 0. Dumbarton 2, Montrose 1. Dunfermline Athletic 2, Partick Thistle 1. Queen of the South 0, East Fife 1. I arrived in Dumfries and met up again with Simon. Dumfries is home to a team with one of the most romantic names in football. One of those names that captured my heart when I was a kid. Queen of the South. One thing I'd learned about Dumfries from Paula was that the lead violinist for the Titanic's band, a man called Jock Law Hume, was raised in a house in George Street, just a stone throw from the football ground. As the ship sank on its fateful maiden journey in 1912, he continued playing until the very last, and he lost his life along with more than 1,500 others who were on board. There's a plaque on the house to commemorate Jock Law Hume today. In Dumfries, we were met by Giancarlo Rinaldi, a journalist and author who works as a reporter for BBC Scotland. He also supports Fiorentina in Italy and Queen of the South. His accent is unmistakably Scottish, his name decidedly Italian. Hi. Giancarlo, Hi. I'm Lionel, lovely Hi. to meet you. How are you doing? Yeah, great, yeah, great. Thank you for taking the time. Um, here we are, outside Queen of the South. Yep. I've come across from Gretna via Annan and then Powfoot, the golf oh, club. Yeah, lovely, yeah. Um, I came past the Powfoot Hotel. It says Delamitri at Powfoot Hotel. Is that anything to do with the band? No, it's, it's a restaurant. It's just oh. the name of a restaurant that's in there. It's, it's got, as far as I'm aware, anyway, nothing to do with the band whatsoever. Just the, just the name of a restaurant. It's quite a nice restaurant as well. I can recommend it. Well, it was lovely countryside. I mean, uh, the, the hills weren't making me nervous in the background but I didn't seem to have to go over them that was nice no no that that run that's called the low road that you came in is it the idle along the 75 the 75 that would be a, a more hairy journey for you I would suggest but that road's that's road's quite a nice road the bus goes along that road as well and it's it's not a great journey that if you're if you've ever had maybe a couple of drinks in in Annan and you're on your way back or whatever not a, not a great journey but a lovely ride on the bike I would think not nice in the back of a taxi, no. no. Um, well, tell me a little bit about Dumfries and Dumfries and Galloway. I mean, it's my first time here, really, which is surprising considering the number of times a tour of Britain's been here. Yeah, well, well, we like to think of it as a sort of well-kept secret or whatever. You know, that it's a lovely area for cycling, and I've born and brought up here, although the name might not suggest that and uh, I've been keen on my cycling for a long time as well so you know it's a nice area there's places that are a bit more challenging but then you get the nice flat routes as well so you know that's that's great too and you've you've caught it on a day when it's actually dry which is 
quite incredible. Shush, shush, Giancarlo. We don't want to tempt fate here. Um, what were the, the, the sort of coarse, hardy-looking bushes with the yellow flowers that I saw all along the golf course? And, I mean, they, they look like they're, they're built to stand all sorts out here in the, you know, when the weather does turn bad. Oh, well, I mean, I'm not sure what that would be, but I, I know certainly that, that, yeah, it has to be hardy because when you're out on the bike, sometimes you'll get everything, rain, wind, the full... The full conflict. We're open to kind of prevailing southwesterly wind here, and that's pretty terrible. If you get caught in that, turn into that. There are times when it just seems to be in your face, out and in, whatever route you take. So you know the, the plants have to be hardy, and the cyclists too. Now you mentioned uh, your name might suggest you know roots other than than Scottish. I mean your accent is unmistakably Scottish, but your name Giancarlo Rinaldi is unmistakably Italian. So what's the history of Italian immigration into Scotland in general, and particularly this part of Scotland? Well, we are sort of the overspill from Glasgow, really. That was uh, the first Italians from the Garfagnana Valley in Tuscany came over to Glasgow, and then. It kind of spread out from there, really. That you know, they, there weren't enough shops. There was only so much ice cream and fish and chips you could sell to people. And so that was my own family story, and a lot of families moved out from there. And they kind of, eh, not quite like the mafia, but with fish and chips as what we were purveying to the public, spread out, carved up the west coast of Scotland, really. So if you go the west coast of Scotland, they're almost all Tuscan Italians, eh, ones that have been here for a while. So this was kind of... Between the wars, really, there was a sort of first influx um, at the start of the 20th century, and then between the wars came more. My grandfather, being one of them, came over. He came to Glasgow originally, then ended up for a while actually in Crewe eh, for family connections, and then came up here to Dumfries, got a wee shop of his own, and that was the rest is history, really. So, as you say, the name is pure Tuscany, but the, but the accent's pure Dumfries and Galloway. So does your interest in cycling stem from that Italian heritage? Yeah, I think so, yeah, because I used to watch, uh, I remember watching like, the Tour de France on, on television when I was growing up and I was always cheering on the Italian cyclists, that was the thing. So my hero was uh, Guido Bontempi, was the, so that gives a hint to what age I am, I suppose. Bontempi è un triunfo. Bontempi, Moser... I like to think I was into cycling before Britain really got into cycling because I can remember buying myself what I would have called then a racer and going out on the roads and you pretty much had the place to yourself. There was no other, there were no middle-aged, there was nobody in Lycra at that point. Um, and over the years, I've seen, I've kept going out and now there's more and more people going out and those routes that were once quiet routes for cycling are now really busy and, and as you see we've had the sort of Tour of Britain come here I think they're just about to announce that the, the British Championships are going to be here later in the later in the year as well and it's you know here in the Scottish borders have got some lovely countryside for cycling in I've been a fan for a long time and saying always cheering on the Italians to this day sort of thing although it's a bit of a forlorn hope at times in terms of winning grand tours I think but they still do their bit in, in the one day races so it's, it's always something to get excited about I remember Bontempi won the last stage and the second last stage of one tour I think I can't remember what year that was but he certainly had a very good last few days um, that would have been in the 80s I guess yes. but we're here outside Palmerston Park home of Queen of the South and I suppose I mean, Queen of the South is one of those romantic, poetic names from the football results of my youth. And I suppose I'm, I've always wondered why Queen of the South and not Dumfries FC or Dumfries Athletic or Dumfries Albion or something like that. Well, they were formed by a merger of two or three clubs uh, over a century ago. And the story goes, anyway, that um, it was actually an MP for the area who, making his maiden speech in Parliament, said how proud he was to represent the Queen of the South. And that name, for whatever reason, caught on. And so when, when they were sitting around thinking, you know, what can we call this team, as you say, Dumfries Athletic, Dunheim United, whatever, 
the, the, the Queen of the South just stuck and that was something that everybody agreed on and so a lot of times over history it's felt like the only thing that the club's had really is this lovely romantic name because results have been you know thin and thinner really but um, the the name stuck and it's you know it's still a badge of pride I think when we go around the country to say you're a Queen of the South fan because a lot of people say well where is that from and then you you know it leads into stories of explaining where Dumfries is really so that's part of its charm I think. You mentioned charm. I mean, one of the things for me, uh, loving football, is the architecture of football grounds and, and particularly the kind of, uh, you know, uh, the old-fashioned football grounds, the traditional. We're losing them because clubs are upgrading and, and building new stadia. But, I mean, this is this is old school and charming and beautiful in its own way. I love the angle of the floodlights there, almost kind of craning to have a look over onto the pitch. And we're standing outside the end here with all this artwork, wonderful artwork, uh, depicting not just the football team but the place in the community as well. I mean, that must be a source of pride because not every club has got something this um, this beautiful just outside, you know, one of the ends here. No, that was. I mean, it's. I should give credit to Joe McSkimming, the artist that that put them all together. He's been here for a while now, and is I think that's communities. I don't think there's many places now where you feel that community. You know, a lot of big factories have closed down. The big gatherings don't happen, and although you know, numbers aren't probably what they would like at, at Queen of the South. Still, it's one of the places, the few places where a lot of people from Dumfries gather, and that's a nice thing. And these these tributes outside, there's more actually inside the the arena as well. That um, kind of it gives you a feeling of the history of the club, I suppose, and it feels the roots. Behind us here, there's a celebration of the our last um, Challenge Cup victory, and uh, we're in the final of that again. So you know that would be that would be nice, and that was. For myself personally, that was the very first season I started taking my son to Queen of the South games and they won the league and they won the Challenge Cup and I had to explain to him that that was quite an unusual season for Queen of the South to be so successful. You know, we would go 1-0 down, then win 6-1. I said, son, this doesn't happen very often when you follow Queen of the South, you know. So it's, it's great. And the ground, you know, as you say, character filled. I mean, it's pretty much... Unchanged. There was an old, um, what we called the couche, that one side they knocked that down, and they, that's now a new, newish stand. But the old stand and this side of the ground that we are at are, you know, as they as they were pretty much hundred years ago plus when the when the club was founded. So it is. You're right. I mean, then there's a big terrace area in there again, which is something that's disappearing from football grounds. The floodlights. I think at one stage were the the tallest stand, um, freestanding floodlights in Europe or something as well, certainly. So, you know, we're proud of, proud of those in the first game we played under them as well. But it is, it's a great place. And, you know, when you get on occasion, if you get a decent crowd in and the place is rocking, it's a, it's a great atmosphere as well. And I go almost every week when Queens are at home with, with my dad, my father-in-law, friends, my son. And, um, you know, it's just a great family community experience and it's a shared experience which as I say they're few and far between nowadays I think Shoot, shoot at du Bleuton Cycling Podcast Team Car the back of the pack please that's Seb Piquet, the voice of Radio Tour, and this is as good a time as any to tell you that the whole Tour de Cost series is sponsored by the Hammerhead Carew 2 Cycle Computer this is me a few weeks before we set off creating the routes in the Hammerhead dashboard on my laptop It's been really simple. I've put in the postcode for Gretna's Ground and used that as my starting point and then the postcodes for Annan Athletic, Queen of the South and our little hotel in Castle Douglas and I've let Hammerhead do the rest. I'm very happy with the route that the dashboard has suggested although I have made a couple of tweaks. Um, It's made the route slightly longer but I think it would be prettier riding through the deeper parts of the countryside rather than on a more direct B road. Anyway, All of our listeners can get a free heart rate monitor with the purchase of a Hammerhead Carew 2. Go to hammerhead.io, add the Carew 2 and the heart rate monitor to your shopping cart and use the promo code CYCLE. From Annan to Aberdeen and beyond, Lionel and Simon's Tour de Cousse is fuelled by science in sport. From tiramisu cake bakes to beta fuel to Rigo recovery drink, science in sport have everything you need before during and after your ride. You can get 25% off at scienceinsport.com with the code SISCP25. 
So tell me about Kirkpatrick McMillan. Well, he's something of a local hero in these parts. As a cycling man myself, we certainly claim to have the inventor of the modern bicycle as we know it. He was born in 1812 in a little village called Keir, which is maybe about 12 miles from Dumfries to the north up near Thornhill and he was a blacksmith's son and I think at that time everyone was kind of experimenting with ways, they had these sort of push along bicycles that you would kind of push with your feet but there was no pedals on them and he worked on sticking a couple of pedals on them he was known as Daft Pete around the area so that maybe gives you an idea of what people thought of his invention but eventually he got it working and reports at the time said that crowds of villagers gathered to see this and then there was a sort of gasp of awe as he stopped pushing with his feet and slipped the feet into the pedals and started going along and initially quite difficult but by sort of quite quickly he was able to go from Kier to Dumfries in under an hour which is still pretty good going you know I mean I'd be happy with that now and this was on a bike that they reckon weighed about 27 kilos or something so it's a fair old three times maybe what your your normal bike would be now so he did that but he never really got he didn't patent it he didn't get a lot of glory for it and that was you know that was his error and I think there were obviously a lot of people doing very similar stuff just now allegedly he took it up to Glasgow and um, there's a story that he, he, the crowds gathered to see this madman from the south of Scotland on his bike, but then a little girl was hit by the bike, and that caused you know bad publicity for the bicycle in general, and they, and it was a big setback allegedly, as I say. They don't know documentary. I've gone through that a few times for stories that I've written to try to find out if there's any proof that that was him. They're not they're not a hundred percent sure, but what they do know is that he built this bicycle and as I say certainly there are claims and counterclaims over who who got there first but we in Dumfries and Galloway say definitely Kirkpatrick McMillan there's still a bridge here named after him uh, the the smithy where he used to work there's a little plaque in his honour and you know we're, we're pretty proud to have a man that played some part in bringing a bicycle into being and now you know a sport that millions love to watch that's good enough for me certainly the bicycle was invented here. We'll we'll take that. <laughs> definitely. Well, as I say, we definitely claim that, and we're, you know that's it's a good pulling point. It's an area that doesn't get as many tourists as I think as it deserves because it's a lovely area to come to, and it's a great area to cycle around. You know, so if you've not done it and you live in Britain, then you'd be daft not to come up and have a have a look around and try out some of the roads around here. Sadly for Giancarlo, Queen of the South were to lose their Challenge Cup final to Wraith Rovers 3-1. As he said, the British National Championships were held in the region in June. The time trials, won by Joss Loudon and Ethan Hayter, were held in Dumfries, and Alice Towers and Mark Cavendish won the road races in Castle Douglas. After Simon had managed to get his bike fixed, Castle Douglas was to be our final destination, the finish line for our opening stage. But before that, we had a date with the ice at the curling rink. This is a double attempt for Eve, and it might be for as many as six. Squat for the rock, settle here. Go, go, go! How about seven? Wow. Seven. Well, Graham, tell me about Dumfries and curling and, and... I mean, I think Dumfries and Stranraer and maybe Perth and there are other places, but why, why particularly a Dumfries and Stranraer uh, hotbeds of, of curling activity? It's a good question. I think it's just there's a lot of good uh, volunteers that uh, have played curling themselves and give back to the sport. Um, it's a real community, uh, a community sport uh, where everybody... Um, gets involved and is very friendly and welcoming um, and it's just a great sport to be to be involved in so yeah we're we're lucky that in this region there's there's three ice rinks at the moment uh, Lockerbie, Dumfries and Stranraer um, they've all got a good history Dumfries you would probably say is still catching up in terms of that history we're probably the youngest of the three ice rinks um, but that's given us maybe an advantage uh, because we've got room to grow. So uh, 
as you can see here tonight, there's a lot of activity on in the background. Uh, we've got around about 70, 80 juniors that are uh, that are playing weekly, and uh, they sometimes they go on to big big things. Uh, just recently, we've had uh, our first two Olympians from the ice rink who came up through our school program, um, and have gone on to to get a silver medal at Olympics. So that's great. We've got lots of uh, lots of players that are on the international stage, world juniors, mixed doubles, men's, ladies. Um, so there's a real host for it there. But we've also got a good uh, local thriving ice rink with uh, with enthusiastic clubs. Um, so at the moment, Curlin's the place to be. Um, it's got a lot of profile. So anybody that's interested in having a shot, they just need to check out trycurlin.com and. Uh, or get in touch with us here at the ice rink. It must have been absolutely buzzing when the Olympics was on a few weeks ago. Um, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. You wait for it for four years, but this year we didn't actually get to see much of it um, because we were preparing to host the Scottish Championships here for the first time in our history. Um, we've never hosted uh, that, the, that kind of calibre of event here, so... Uh, we were fully focused on that, kind of watching with one eye on how they were getting on. Um, we downed tools for the, the semi-final and the final to try and catch some of it over a lunch break. Um, but the guys, you know, and the girls, they, they played at such a high level. Um, and we were fortunate that they came into the ice rink during the Scottish Championships, brought their medals in, uh, let all our juniors uh, see them, chat to them, and hopefully they're inspiring uh, the next generation um, and hopefully we've got some more Olympians in the ice rink here to come so in terms of uh, the technique I'm watching the children having a go here and some of the younger ones are sort of using a, a support in their uh, in their other hand to kind of balance I mean there's an awful lot of technique to it isn't there it looks so easy so graceful when the, the top players do it that I'm assuming that uh, it's not the sort of thing that you can just pick up you know, with your first go, takes a lot to get the technique. Uh, you'd actually be surprised. Um, again, all our coaches are volunteers, uh, but our, our coaches within curling as a sport are, are, are fantastic. They can deal with uh, lots of different styles of uh, abilities, uh, fitness levels, and uh, we can have people delivering stones within 10 minutes to get good at it you need to spend a lot of time on task uh, but to play a, a kind of rough standard of game uh, 10 minutes bit of sliding learn the safety on uh, moving around on the ice and, and away you go well I'm tempted to ask whether I could put your 10 minute theory to the test but do you need special shoes and all that kind of thing and I'm also mindful of the fact that I've got 8 days of cycling ahead of myself and I don't want to do myself a mischief <laughs> Well, we certainly don't want to cause you any uh, more uh, stress on the, the legs that you're going to have already. But sure, we could give you uh, we could give you a wee bit of time uh, sliding around on the ice just now and let you throw a couple of stones. Maybe down the end, out of the way, where uh, no one can see me embarrass myself. Well, we'll keep the YouTube off then, and then uh, <laughs> that'll keep you hidden. <laughs> it sounds quite like being near an underground station. I think, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? The heavy stones sliding on the ice there's quite a few games going on here isn't there and uh, yeah the rumble as they come closer yeah. down towards us it's quite soothing sound really isn't it, it? Is really yeah I like it um, am I going to regret <laughs> asking to have a go here I think it's quite technical and I'm almost convinced you're going to sort of fall over on to one side <laughs> What about that end down there where we'll go right down the end? Oh, Lionel's very gingerly walking across the ice there. He's nodding like he's understanding what the man's saying, but I can tell by his eyes he's not understanding what the man's saying. Oh, the coordination, his brain's not comp computing the coordination requirements, I think, here, and this could be a problem. Um, we're about to witness something here I think so three, two, one. Ah, <laughs> oh, very good very very good that was an, for a first go that was absolutely excellent excellent he's come back for another one and this is going to be even better I think
Here he goes again. Off he goes. Even further this time. Really nice. Nice job. Bit annoying, if I'm honest. So the next thing we would teach you would be how to control the direction of the stones. So when you slide out and throw the stone, you turn it clockwise to make the stone travel left to right. Okay, not the most elegant release there. I kind of came off it a bit, but I felt like I got the hand instructions just about right. Absolutely, and that is one of the, the beauties of the game is it doesn't need to look pretty as long as you get it down there in the correct direction. Just uh, honestly tell the listeners where that ended up. Uh, that ended up right in the button with a little bit of assistance from me. Well, you're the sweeper. You're the sweeper. That's what you're there for. But a great throw. You got the idea of the direction first time. The direction was there. The rotation was good. And the stone just naturally curled back towards the centre. So uh, I think that was about eight minutes we had you playing. I, I've got to say you're a man of your word because you said I was sceptical when you said you'd have me curling in 10 minutes but that was fantastic and really addictive as well like uh, I, I would love to have another go I think I'm gonna see if we can uh, you know come back one day I'm, I'm definitely coming back to this part of Scotland um, yeah maybe it will be out of season unfortunately but maybe I'll make another trip up and have another go yeah you're always welcome uh, you've got contact details so anytime you're passing just drop in and we'll give you your second lesson thank you very much indeed uh, good luck with your uh, good luck good luck with the rest of your your tour Thank you very much, and a pleasure. That was really good fun. Thank you. Well, Simon, late afternoon now, and you've finally got your cycling kit on, and your bike is, uh, well, it's in better shape than it was about uh, three hours ago. Talk me through what has happened. I've done it again, haven't I? Um... I well uh, when we left this morning um, it was pointed out to me that I had a flat back tyre fine not a problem although the tyres are somewhat worn as you correctly pointed out we did have a conversation uh, possibly a month ago about setting off with lovely fresh new tyres yep 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 you said and and then I thought yeah I did think those tyres look like the equivalent of wholly worn socks yeah sorry to be harsh about it but uh, you've bought some new tyres we'll put those on um, yes well so I tried to change the puncture and um, took the wheel off and basically bit my bike mechanic skills as you know we've had this before on previous trips whereby you've got quite annoyed with me <laughs> over my lack of mechanical skills and history repeated itself really quite annoyingly for me today in that my preparation was probably not what it should have been should have been and bits started just falling off as I was changing changing the tire changing the inner tube and um, tried to put the wheel back on and it just wouldn't go on and um Fortunately, you stopped me from sort of hitting it and kicking it like like a stroppy only child might do. Well, the, you're, the time you're referring to is when we went to watch Paris-Roubaix and we took our bikes so we could do a ride on the Friday afternoon and, and perhaps I think on one on the Saturday as well uh, in northern France. And when we got the bikes out of the car, your chain had wrapped itself in a sort of figure of eight. <laughs> and I think the... The, the the moment that you snapped was when I said something like, you really ought to go on one of those bike maintenance courses. And I say this fully as someone, I'm hopeless. I'm absolutely hopeless. I, but I don't try to, um, to to do anything more. I know you're, you're, yeah, you're waving your head now. I, 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 know, I don't need to labour labor the I'm point. I'm the, the universal symbol for blah, 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 <laughs> blah. You are, yeah. Um, the... The, the the rear cassette was just slightly loose and needed to be tightened up so you we we decided what's the best thing to do i wasn't annoyed at all this this afternoon um or this morning when it was all uh, you were you, i could see you were annoyed so i didn't want to say anything um but i was confident you'd be able to get it sorted and you have got it sorted um yes we you you were very calm and and um 
made a plan, which was great. We we were on our way to Dumfries anyway. Dumfries is a nice little town, and it had a bike shop. And so uh, I, I I got on ahead and basically found a bike shop, and it was it was amazing. DG DG bikes, I think, and a lovely chap called Andrew came to my rescue, put it back together no charge whatsoever gave me a little spring thing that i needed as well new set of tires we are ready to roll we are ready to roll we've got about 25 or so kilometers in the late afternoon sunshine to get to our destination for tonight castle douglas um, where mark cavendish has won a couple of stages of the tour of britain over the years i think so suggest to me that it's a flat run in nice flat fast run in so we'll uh, make our way there now and hopefully get there while this lovely sort of three-quarter sun is just oh it's warming my back beautifully after uh, quite a chilly afternoon but uh, let's get rolling the Tour de Cost was recorded by me, Lionel Burney, and Simon Gill. The series was produced by Tom Wally. A big thank you to everyone who contributed, and especially to Sam Slatter, our sports director and the driver of our broom wagon. Join us next time as we head to Stranra. What? Stranra. Stranra! Scottish League Premier Division, Aberdeen 2, Kilmarnock 0. Celtic 5, Morton 1. And the United against Motherwell evening kickoff at 7.30. Hibernian nil, Rangers nil. St Mirren nil, Dundee nil. The Cycling Podcast was created in 2013 by Richard Moore, Daniel Freeb, and Lionel Burney. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.